ladles and jelly spoons. Shake this microphone, make sure y'all are here. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace, number nine. Had to go ahead and kick this on because I'm joined by Tina Morrison. Morrison? Morrison. 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 And uh, Buzz Kiefer. And you were just saying that the number nine has some significance to you while I'm punching this into Facebook Live. Uh, do tell. Number nine. First of all, is uh, Y on the phone, which stands for you. Yeah. Yes, and my oldest son was born on the nineteenth, and uh, four yeah. five nine is my lucky number. Always has been. It's significant in my life. Very cool. So that's plenty of of good nines. Good nines. Uh, I've always been into it as a multiple of three hello facebook live right in my face <laughs> welcome to it buzz asleep on the couch and uh miss tina morrison right there if i can put this camera back where it belongs hey how about that ouch there you go sometimes it's technical difficulty more often it's operator error don't mind me just dropping things put it mostly There's... on buzz Thanks for joining us. Oh, no, you're sitting in the middle, so. No, no, no. Too late for that. No, no, no. Yes. Too late indeed. Do this and do this. So the Facebook Live is up and running. Thanks for joining us, Craig. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Glad to have you guys here. Got one last piece to put together before we wake the sleeping bear. And um, I, I just I have Sleeping to bring it up. Beast. Yeah, the beast. I just can't help but bring up the um, the boom thing, the crazy noise thing for everybody yes. joining us on Facebook Live. I uh, I have no idea how I'm going to get in that camera angle, but I'm gonna come sit next to you. I think. Okay, too. I'll gladly uh, rotate out of the frame. We'll figure something out. Yes, the house right. shook this morning. Everybody felt it. Like I'm thinking with. Like a 50-mile radius so far, I've heard. North of Olive Road. What? Yeah, the ground shook today. Unbelievable. Accompanied by ridiculously loud percussion report, or whatever you want to call it. It was, uh, it was crazy. Crazy, yeah, crazy, crazy. Not, not, not every day the ground uh, shakes the house. No, my buddy's saying he didn't hear it, though. And, uh, like, he's right down the road from us. It, it, mutual friend. Uh, local, so that's weird. Some I don't people didn't the hear sound it. Sound so much. I mean, there was a sound, there was a boom, but I don't remember the sound so much as I was just focusing on the shaking. Yeah. Yeah, it was rattling. Gotcha. It was moving. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Unexplained mm -hmm. phenomenon are always compelling. I uh, immediately had to start doing some research into the matter and found out that. Uh, <clears throat> If you take the earthquake part out of it, if you take the shaking out of it, right. uh, the, the, the boom phenomenon, the, the, the big sound, has actually been going on for a long time. There's some interesting theories on it. One of them that, um, that I think caught my attention was coronal mass ejections. We're talking about... Um, yeah, we were just talking about that earlier. Yeah, and then I heard this... Uh, I know, right? Everybody does. But then I heard that the Native Americans describe it as 
the creator spirits shaping the earth. And when you think of ancient religions, uh, before we wake the beast, I got to sneak this in because he's going to correct me. Right. Uh, that uh, that it was still the creator shaping the earth, which would be the sun affecting somehow the uh, the earth, which I think it just for it to not be a new phenomenon piques my interest greatly. But you know, I love things that can be speculated about and can be mulled over. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think. Facebook Live is ready to almost. Dun 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 dun. Which means. Uh oh. Didn't like my caps lock being on. Visions of sugar plums. Dancing is in, right? We're almost there. Hey, everybody else on Facebook. Glad to have you. I will uh, try not to put my fingers in the frame. T too, too many times. Too many times, right? Frames. <laughs> per second. Frames. Um, Frames. So... Well, once again, ladles and jelly spoons, welcome to it. Truth, Love, and Peace, Facebook Live, number nine, and there he is, with Buzz Kiefer. Welcome. How you feeling, Buzz? Well rested, I hope? <laughs> Good. Where are we? Okay. We are not, and it is not. So, this is episode number nine. Damn, I'm bald-headed. <laughs> that was a long nap. <laughs> Long winter's nap and you wake up all... <laughs> How's that happen? The opposite of... Um, I forget his name. This guy that fell asleep. The, the night before Christmas, too. He, yeah. He put on his cap for a long winter's nap. <laughs> okay. So, we are gathered here today. Where's my whiskey? I don't know. I wasn't responsible. No, I should have got a whiskey assistant. Nor was I. You should have got a whiskey assistant. <laughs> they have those? <laughs> yeah, and why didn't wow. I know about this well, If anyone needs a whiskey assistant, I'll be happy to assist. Let <laughs> <laughs> me move this back here so we can get... Is that the camera? Everybody in frame. That's my peeps. Yep. Hey. Well, we've got to make room for everybody. What's that? You're coming to sit over here too, right? No, I'm gonna sit right here. You're good. Okay. There we're at. All right. Okay. <clears throat> please. Oh, there's my whiskey. Please, now, please, for, please. For those of y'all that uh, are tuning in, that heard that I was gonna do the Bible with Buzz, please understand this is not Sunday school. This is not Bible study. This is not a sermon. I got no life lessons for you or nothing like that. <laughs> I just want to tell some fun stuff the way I've read them and you know how I've read between the lines and which I know is anathema to some people. Is that the right way to say that word? Anathema? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, don't ask me. I'm an expert. <laughs> I can say There's it. There's the first F-bomb. Here we go. I'm not familiar with the word, actually, so. It means bad. Okay. Like, bleh. 
wrong. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's the way you should tell your Bible stories is because I know the Bible is very confusing for a lot of people, me included. And if you just uh, like tell it to us like in the most simple terms and don't assume that anyone, uh, ha- you know, knows. All right, now we told everybody I was feeding off the face of my Facebook. So is that happening? Uh, right now, we're on my Facebook. Uh, or I've got all of my Facebook stuff up and running. Okay. Do you have? Uh, how do you want to put it through your through your Facebook? You got you got phone. You got. Can you tag? Yeah, his... Oh yeah, you're already tagged in. Well, that's you're cool. That's cool. Then that's. You fine. want me to tag? Uh, I'll go back and add your page to the tag as well. Okay. But I'll put that. In the comments. Yeah, just in case anybody's ta- you know tapping into my Facebook to see this, <clears throat> yeah. I like to make sure they're, they're that it's there, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's uh, it's see you can see it's right here. See, look, this is on my Facebook timeline. There we are. But see how you're tagged at the top. Hey, wait, where am I? There. Oh, I don't realize how heavy the laptops are. Oh, there I am. Which, right on, that's right. just confusing. I know, because you're upside down and backwards. Um, so yeah, there we are, building a little bit of a crowd, which is wonderful. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and once again, um, I did put up a list of stories that I wanted anybody to look and see if they wanted to hear any of the ones that I've that I tell a lot. I don't remember if I put on the the uh, John and Jesus one, but uh, being that it's Christmas time, we got to. Christmas tree behind us, <laughs> you know, I thought that might be a good one to tell because Christmas is really, really, get right down to it, it's a, it's about John and Jesus, so unless we're getting any requests for something, that's probably where I'll start. Well, keep in mind the comments do take a little bit longer to come through on this end. Cool. Well, and, let's uh, just start there then. Right? Sounds like yeah. a great place to start. Well, and I can't see comments if they're on your page, so I can only see them on, on mine. Well, I should be able to see them all. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, yeah. Well, why don't you pick one that's significant to you? And this is one I want to talk about. This is one I want to talk about because uh, I don't know how much people have... Should I look at the camera or should I talk to you guys? Where do you feel comfortable looking? Both, I guess. Okay. Well, so let me just spin around a little bit. Yeah. Um... So, it's um, not an interrogation. You don't have to like stare at me all I'll tell you this for sure. <laughs> tell us a Bible story, Buzz. All right. So, uh, you know, the whole thing with Joseph and Mary, which is dodgy at best, you know, where this dude became betrothed, this woman who became pregnant, and uh, he personally... Got a word from God himself on high almighty saying, this chick's not a whore. You know, I have impregnated her. She's my wife. I've appointed you as a caretaker, you little bitch. Now you down with that or not? And he said, you know what? You're God. <laughs> so uh, am I doing this right? So, You're doing fine, dude. Just, okay. I'm so anyway. I can see your pretty face. So what ended up happening was uh, her sister, Mary's sister, got pregnant at the same time. Now, uh, Elizabeth, I believe, was her name, and she had been properly fucked, so there was no question that it was the child of her husband, right? Right. And so 
there was a visit because they didn't live in the same place, but they visited together. And at the point that Mary came in to encounter Jesus, John went bonkers in the womb. Ba -ba -ba -ba. The Bible says he leaped in the womb. Whatever. I don't know how you leap in the womb. But ba -ba Dude was like, who's this? What's happening? And Jesus is just like, oh, God, I'm going to have to put up with this fucker, ain't I? And uh, so it came to pass that, uh, that they were both born. That's the great Christmas miracle, the virgin birth and the birth of a virgin spirit who was John the Baptist, you know. And, uh, and they grew up together because they were cousins, right? So uh, Jesus was always the... You know, the party guy, he liked to flirt with the girls, and he had his suave, and every now and then he'd do little tricks that he didn't know how he did, you know. And John was always looking off at a distance going, good God, please, Jesus, don't act like that, man. You know, that's not what you're cut out for, because he knew from, from before birth, you know, Jesus was great savior of mankind and all that right and so uh <laughs> anyways so they grow up together and they play together and john grows to be this big giant ape of a man and he never allows himself any kind of pleasure he won't eat the food that his mother cooks he eats raw locusts and honey you know and jesus is off pigging and drinking and you know, whatever it is that he does. and <laughs> Turn water into wine. Not yet. That's Not another yet. story. Not yet. <laughs> thinking, he was thinking about it. <laughs> he was gearing up for it for sure. Um, so anyways, uh, so the story I'm really trying to get to is what I call the first baptism of Jesus. Mm -hmm. All right, and this is after these boys had grown up a little bit and they're about, say, 15 years old. It would have been after Jesus' encounter with the priest, after his parents lost track of him. Y'all remember that <laughs> he was so important to Mary and Joseph that they left him behind for like three or four days and got home before they realized <laughs> he wasn't with them. It's kind of like Home Alone. Exactly like Home Jesus Alone. Jesus was the first Home Alone, okay? Right? They stole that story. Hey, right? uh, should, should I just drop that bomb now? A lot of these stories you may have heard somewhere else. <laughs> Sorry. Continue, so, please. So, you know, so Mary and Joseph have to go pick up Home Alone Jesus, and, uh, and he's with the priests. And that's really significant now that we talk about it, because... Those would have probably been the crooks trying to break into the house of the Lord, huh? <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> so anyways, so this would have been after that time, and Jesus and John, they don't get to hang out together all the time because they live in separate places, but they visit a lot. They go to a lot. Of, their parents go to a lot of trouble to be together and hook them up together, and this is one of those times, and they're down by the Jordan, and... Uh, John being the big old boy that he is and Jesus being a little skinny runt of a man. You know, they're sitting, they've been swimming and they've been playing and they've been splashing and they've been laughing and loving and and, uh, and they're sitting there panting on the side of the Jordan and John says, Jesus. And John's, I mean, Jesus is like, Jesus, man, can you leave it alone? He's like, 
you know, come on. And because see, John's been preaching to Jesus since his youth, since his little bitty baby youth, that he was some kind of, you know, massive son of God, savior and things. And Jesus just wasn't having none of it. And it's like, man, let me enjoy my childhood. You can waste your life however you want to, but I'm going to enjoy myself, okay? You know, whether Jesus had the revelation yet or not is a question. Who knows? I don't know. Nobody knows, you know. But one way or another, they're sitting there. John had had the revelation for sure. And so when Jesus is like, man, I've heard enough of your shit. Uh, can we not just have one good day without you preaching me a sermon? And John got up and jerked Jesus up by the arms, took him down to the Jordan River, which at that time was not so polluted that you couldn't see through the water. And he pushed Jesus down under, and he held him there. And Jesus was like, mm -hmm. that's what buddies do. They wrestle and they play, and this guy can overpower me, and I'll figure out a way to get back at him later, la-di-da, la-di-da, la-di-da. And after a little bit, Jesus loses his lung of air, and he can't, you know, and, he, and, and John's not letting him up. So his eyes get wide, and he freaks clean the fuck out, and, and John still won't let him up. And so finally he, and he takes in a full lung of air. Now, I know you've seen from uh, mean water. the abyss, yeah. All that when you take in a full lung of air, even if you can breathe, your body immediately starts to flitch and twitch and stuff. So John's holding him down while he's flitching and twitching, and he's taking a whole lung of air, and he's breathing it out. Now he's breathing it in. He's breathing it out, and in the course of time, it would have took for any normal person or any abnormal person to have drowned. Jesus is still wide awake and breathing air. And that's when he relaxes and quits fighting. And that's when John lets go of him and lets him drift to the surface as if to prove the point. You ain't who you think you are. That was the first baptism of Jesus. So why don't we hold everybody under the water until they die and only keep the people that survive? Well, because um, they... <laughs> what? <laughs> oh no no no! Well, now you're bringing up Game of Thrones. Good Now you're bringing up Game of Thrones. Well, I'm a firm believer that everyone should. Experience Game of Thrones. They that. have this religion where they put you under the water, drown you, I don't watch Game and then revive you. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. Or you could feed people mushrooms well, and not have to Jesus kill them. Jesus didn't get revived. He just didn't have to breathe air or water or anything. He just didn't know it. And John was trying to prove a point. Boy, you ain't who you think you are. Wake up and preach the gospel. Otherwise, I'm going to have to do it for you, and you're going to be really embarrassed at the end of time. So before... <laughs> at the end of time, and it's coming. So before you... <laughs> you're going to regret it. So do you see these stories as an accounting of a historical event or a or something else? I made that all shit up. Okay, well, give us your, your take on how... Just from more of a meta standpoint, how one should, or what someone should take away from a story
in the Bible? It, should it be, I should act like that? Or, All right, what's that's, your, good what's point. Your take that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, yeah. How should we interpret this? And certainly stories? I would say that if it has anything to do with the Old Testament, you should so not act like that. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's just bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but if it's the New Testament, those were a bunch of good guys. You know, they were all trying to do peace. They were trying to teach love and tolerance and peace. You know, and uh, not too big of an attraction or attachment to wealth and and uh, and right. what do you call it, uh, possessions and all mm-hmm. that. You know, so I consider the two very different. The Old Testament and the New Testament drastically different. I don't consider them even the same religion. Nor, by the way, do the Jews. And the Christians want to hijack the Jewish religion because Jesus was a Jew. But trust me, if you read what Jesus wrote. He ain't preaching nothing from the Old Testament. I'm sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. He might quote from the Old Testament, but that is not the truth that he's trying to teach. He's trying to teach, a, you know, uh, a thing about uh, love and tolerance and peace and healing and, you know, feeding the masses. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound all socialistic on you, but I guarantee you Jesus wasn't no Republican. <laughs> Only in so much as he was okay with taxes. Yeah, well, you know what? He had a simple thing for that. His simple thing for that was render unto uh, Donald Trump what is Donald Trump's and render up to God what is God's. You know? Well, and the, that but, was then, his, but then if you talk about tax plans and, and birthrights and inheritance, he really didn't involve which, who's getting in trouble. That. Sorry, that's, he really didn't involve himself. For those of you that want to be political today. He had a treasurer right. that worked on all that shit. Dude by yeah. the name of Judas. Yeah. <laughs> treasurer. So, so f- back to the, the story of, of uh, John and, and Jesus, the, mm-hmm. the baptism. I think... Um, the first part was true from the Bible, and mm-hmm. then that part about them on the river was the part that I made up. And then there was the later baptism... Mm-hmm where Jesus came to John uh, as, as, as actually a, an initiation of his ministry. This would have been after he changed the water to wine mm-hmm. and he had decided he's going to, ooh, I'm going to chill just thinking about it. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. And he had decided he had to do what he had to do, right? Mm-hmm. So he went to John because John was baptizing people, which I guess is some kind of, Jewish tradition, right? They dunk you all the way under the water. I don't know the origins of it, but it makes sense. I, I think mean, it's I'm a pretty sure you can look it up. You can look it up, and I'm pretty sure okay. it is a, a Jewish tradition where they have to. You have to actually, if I'm not mistaken, you have to be naked. But I'm not sure about that. But one way or another, according to the Bible, Jesus went to John, and John at that point said, "Man, it should be you baptizing me." And Jesus like, look, you're opening the gate, bro. I'm just walking through it. Right. You know? And John's like, all righty, bro. <laughs> so how much of that, uh, how much of all of those stories do you, obviously you, there's some symbology there because you take and extrapolate, you know, your version into the, the, the next moment. How much of that symbology do you push forward? Like, what does it mean for you when you talk about, the uh, the not dying part of that story. 
Uh, that means that to me that's, that that's like, yes, that's symbolic of there was some revelation at some point in Jesus' life. You know, there was some moment in which he realized he couldn't just fuck it all away. Mm-hmm. You know, and he had to do something glorious and significant and it was going to be painful. You know, it was going to hurt beyond imagination. And that's just my story that's my made-up story gotcha. about how it might have come about gotcha your interpretation my not even interpretation it's like totally made up <laughs> even, the, the thing with the first baptism of jesus is not in the bible okay that's mm-hmm. my story leading up to why would john say you should be the one baptizing me because he already knew he was right. looking at a higher power when he was looking at Jesus. I guess that's what that's about. Well, are there any other examples of that that you pull from or just that one story oh, in their relationship? We're just getting started. Man. Oh, okay. John and Jesus. Yeah. Well, there was. I'm just opening doors yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, you can yeah, walk yeah. through whichever one you want. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Um, there was the point at which John the Baptist, before Jesus was so radical, you know, um, but he had already begun his ministry, but he was never so hardcore as John. John was the guy that's coming up and fucking pointing fingers. You brood of vipers, you sorry sons of bitches, you have no part in God. You know, and he would do that shit. And that's my style. Huh? I said that's my style. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> me, and, me and the Baptist get along. <laughs> so yeah, he was kind of aggressive. He was aggressive, and he pissed a bunch of people off. And Jesus was going around healing people, and having this whole peaceful thing, you know. But then there came a point in which G- John had uh, pissed off the powers that be enough that. Uh, well, I mean, that does lead to another story, doesn't it? I just got to remember the names. Um, well, you ponder that. I'm going to get us a better angle on this Facebook okay. feed. It was... My uh, fat head right in the frame. Who YouTube. was the king of, of Judah at that point? But he was, a, he was a token king. It was two guys that met... At the end, anyways, it was some token Jew supposedly in charge, but really he was just a Roman ass kiss, right? And he was loving everything that was going on, and he could have anything that he wanted. And he married this hot woman for her daughter. Y'all that know the Bible know what story I'm telling. If you can chime in and tell me what I'm talking about, that'd be great. But anyways, I'll keep going. And uh, so, uh, Herod, Herod, yeah. and uh, the dance of the seven veils, what was it, the little girl, anyways, the little girl came and danced before him and just made his dick so hard it shot up into the sky. <laughs> and was that in the Bible or is that your interpretation? Oh, trust me, it's <laughs> in the Bible. You can look that shit up, you know, and uh, and he said, oh, my darling, anything you desire. Well, her mama, who had put her up to this shit, already had sussed it out and knew this would come about. And she said, oh, the head of John the Baptist 
She hated that motherfucker. The mother of the little girl that danced for the King Herod um, said to the little girl, the head of John the Baptist. And Herod's like, ah, no problem. That dude was irritating me too. Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that the head that's sitting next to you right there? Yes. This is the head of John the Baptist, which I acquired when I was in Egypt. Uh, I have the paperwork, and I hate that they Paper, put there's, yes, there's provenance. There's there's an appropriate provenance. <laughs> I hate that, and it has clearly been shrunken, you know. Provenance, excuse me, I said prominence. And filled prominence. in at the eyes, uh, yeah. So, anyway, so uh, literally, they brought this little girl, the head of this man, which she didn't want. That, that no one just, does. <laughs> no one does. No, no one wants no. that. Should we make a Weinstein joke here? <laughs> Go ahead. No, that was it. Just the fact oh, that nobody wants okay. to see nobody that wants little head. To see that that little no. girl wants you to bring them a head. It was way bigger at that point, you know, because the, the uh, alien monkey uh, Zydeco weird guys. Zoroastrians. Yeah, those guys had not shrunk it yet. Right. Um <laughs> But anyway, so they literally brought, according to the Bible, you know, John the Baptist, they chopped his head off, he was assassinated, or whatever you call that, you know, chopped his head off, put it on a platter, because that's what her mother asked for. John the Baptist's head on a platter. And so they put it on a platter and brought it to her, and she was, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't even... I mean, they didn't tell her, you know, she just thought that was part of the play, right? <laughs> Until somebody knocked on her door, you know, <laughs> and she thought they were know. bringing her breakfast, you know, and they're sitting there with this dude's dead head sitting on a platter, and she's like, fine! So John's head got flung up against the wall, and then the dude, you know, brought bringing the head, was like, yeah, it was pretty gross to me too, baby, but uh, <laughs> I'm have to clean up this mess, so... <laughs> closes the door and leaves her to fucking freak the fuck out, right? So, anyways, the point about John and Jesus in regards to this story is that word got back to Jesus, you know, that his cousin was dead, and that was, you know, I mean, it was like you would imagine it to be, you know what I mean? Because that was the closest person to him. He could not connect with his mother. He didn't even have a father on this earth, theoretically, according to what the Bible says. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he wasn't a carpenter. I'm going to tell you right now, just because Jesus' dad was a carpenter, the Bible nowhere says that Jesus was a carpenter. He was the son of a carpenter. He was a lazy bastard that wouldn't do no fucking work. He was a drunkard and a glutton. The Bible says so. I can show you in the Bible where it says Jesus was a drunkard and a glutton. You know. Until the age of 33, which was when he which came he back died. and began his ministry. <laughs> right, but there's there's some interesting correlations in that number. I mean, you see that number showing up a lot throughout history um, in a lot of really interesting places. Um, mathematically, yeah. The, it's part of the Masonic traditions. It's part of a really, lot Really? The number 33? Yeah. It's, it's how many vertebrae you have. Uh, Is it? Yeah. No way. That's pretty 
cool. Yeah, and that is pretty I didn't cool. Even know that. There are plenty of other references to to why that number is significant, but uh, dating all the way back to Egypt with the um, the correlations to the scepters uh, of the spears and scepters. What's it called? What about the ribs? <clears throat> you know, I'm gonna tell you all a funny story, and maybe sure, close it out with this. No, no, no. We've got to get out. a little run here. We got plenty of time. I know we do. We got plenty of time. Speaking of, but I didn't tell anybody how much time we were going to do it. Oh well, <laughs> I'm not done with you yet. How about I'm that? I'm not done with you. All right. Well, you told me it was my thing, motherfucker. <laughs> that was just to get you in so the. So I'll be seat. done with you right. when I'm done with you. <laughs> Actually, anyways, I'm having a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody chiming in or listening, and thank you, Tina and Tom, for being you, here to, you know. To play with me. Hey, Mel, I love, love you, too, brother. And I'm going to tell you something about the... Mel Knapp. Yeah, just so... Hey, Mel! Love you, bro. Jay and uh, Nick Beaverich are hanging out, too. Hey, y'all. I love y'all. Right. But I want to tell you, you know, uh, um, I, I love the Bible, and I love talking about it, and I love telling stories. I'm hey, no kind of expert. Edge. I'm no kind of expert. Am I still alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Power. You're alive. It's on the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all uh, Christian Bale on you here in about a minute. You do what? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Making you nervous. <laughs> My favorite thing in the world. Oh, good. Don't look. It's fucking distracting. Sorry. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, I'm quoting from a Christian Bale rant where he lost his mind on a, uh, on the, uh, uh, Terminator 4 set over a lighting director who was moving around behind the camera. So I was sorry. I'm not really trying to be an asshole. I was just making fun of an no, asshole. No, you don't have to try. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your light off for just a second. I'm getting coffee. Ooh, I'll Excuse take one. me. Okay. Um, yeah, unplug whatever you need to over there. That's okay. We just turned off some lights. It may or may not be hot for coffee. Oh, I don't mind. Okay. I don't mind. I just didn't want the Facebook Live to go down. And again, and I don't know if I established this at the beginning, but if we're going to keep going, I encourage everybody to chime in with any kind of questions about the stories I'm trying to tell or if you think I'm contradicting the Bible because one of the goals I have with all these stories is I'm trying to extrapolate, I think was the word that, that uh, Comp used. I love that word. Uh, uh, to read between the lines, because the Bible will tell, you know, a hundred years worth of story in one sentence. And so that leaves us a lot of room to speculate, and all I'm doing is really speculating. I may tell them like it's exactly the way it happened, but I, you know, encourage and challenge anyone to challenge me or... Call me out on anything. I got my Bible right here, and I got my notes right here, and I got my whiskey right there, and I got Carlos Castaneda. Should we get desperate? <laughs> For those who don't know, tell, oh, here we go. Tell them about the Wheel of Time there. Yeah, and the Wheel of Time is like, uh, uh, like some real mystic stuff. Daily devotional is what it is. You know, you're supposed to look up and look up a thought for the day, but it's from this crazy Mexican sorcerer dude, you know, but it's similar to what you'd have on a daily devotional on your Bible. 
I came to knowledge of the Carlos Castaneda when I was a kid after my mom had been trying to teach me how to dream and I couldn't get it right and then I read some Carlos Castaneda and he had some cool things to say but that's another subject in another day but I would totally teach you all how to dream properly if you want it if we want it I can't even remember when I first came in, in contact with that. Uh, with Did you read his other books? The novels? Well, um, technically well, they're all, not novels. <laughs> yeah, we're talking excerpts online when convenient for an argument. Excuse me, I should say theoretically they're not novels. Technically, it's all a bunch of made-up shit, but that's cool, you know? Uh, we haven't, let's see, some of the folks that are here, Joy... Uh, Joy Vincent Day. Hey, Joy! And uh, Jane Lindsay. Hey, Jane! Rodney Melvin. I should be looking at the camera Mom, instead of the Mel, <laughs> Bruce, Nick, James, Steve. Thank y'all all for joining us. Uh, and just to reiterate, Buzz was saying if anybody wants to chime in or has any questions, uh, that's a lot of what this is all about. Or challenge me on my stories. Oh, yeah, please. Please. Somebody's got to keep them in check. And as long as I'm looking out there, I've got to take this opportunity because I've longed. I don't know if any of y'all remember Romper Room. Romper Room was where this lady would sit and make us all play. But she was on TV, right? And at the end of her show, she would always start calling out names. I see George. Oh, I remember that. I see Chris. Yes. And anytime she would say start saying names, I was always sitting and watching it in my underwear, you know, at five years old or something. Right. So when she started calling names, put on, she had the magic glass. Where's my magic glass? Yes, I do remember that. She put on the magic glass, and then I would immediately jump over behind the couch so she couldn't see me in my underwear. <laughs> when she put on the magic glass? Joy. I see you in your underwear. <laughs> in my sunglasses, no less. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, said up. Well, there was that Dude. great moment with Cass and and uh, 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 South Carolina man that I'm thinking of. Good God, he's gonna hate me for this. Uh, Sam Anderson. Sam Anderson is sitting on stage, and this is when Cass was learning to play the guitar. And she didn't really, she's not, wasn't as good as she is now, you know. She can bust through it, do what she got to do. But at that point, she was just learning. She'd always played the mandolin. So Sam had handed her his guitar, and she played a song, and she did great. But she handed the guitar back and said, uh, I suck on guitar. And Sam took the guitar and said, by the way, that was my, my guitar she was sucking on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good timing. That was good timing. Good timing. Right. All right, so one of the other Bible stories that you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about, did anybody else uh, uh, comment on anything they wanted to hear? Not yet. What was one of the other ones that you wanted to talk about? Man, we could... Do you remember from your post? Oh, no. We could look at the post, though. But, I mean, it could be... Uh, how much time we got? Uh, plenty. There's the obvious ones. Like, 
you know, David and Goliath. That's a good one. Let's do that one. Just one everybody knows, right? Can we talk about the Nephilim afterwards? Is it, maybe. Or I'll let you talk about the Nephilim afterwards. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, I'm pulling up here. We, All need, right. we need a good David story. All right, so what ended up happening was David had been conscripted into the court of the king uh, because of his musical skills. And nobody even knew how they knew he had the musical skills because he tried to keep that private to himself, you know. And so one day he went to come and knock on the door and he's sitting there with all his brothers and they're calling him off to, you know, be the court, to play for the king, to right. soothe the demon spirits that vexed the king. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. And when right. he decided he was going to, you know, when, when I actually didn't have no choice at that point. They, he'd been summoned, right? Go do what you do. But then he goes to get his harps, you know, and all his family's like, harps? You have harps? Because he had made all his own harps and, you know, killed all his own bears and lions and whatnot. But anyway, so he goes, and, and what ends up happening is they come to a place after he's been there for a while and he doesn't and he's made friends with Jonathan the prince you know and Jonathan trains him because that was one of the things he was doing out there while he was learning to play the harp he's also learning to swing a sword he had a tree that was like his wooden man you know and uh, he was working on that swing thing and by the way I always picture it with the spin there's no spin it's a you know it's a single move what do they call those things again? Sling. It's just a sling? sling. I thought there was another term for it. No, okay. it's a sling. Or they call it throwing. In no, the Bible, okay. they call it throwing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so anyways, uh, so it comes time for the big battle, and he's still too young. So he gets sent home mm -hmm. to his daddy. What was his daddy's name? Jesse. He gets sent home to Jesse. And he's just chomping at the fucking bits. He cannot stand the fact that all his brothers are out there fighting. And then the news comes back. Forty days he has to put up with this shit. Well, let's say if it was a total of 40 days, he had to put up with it for about 30 days. That the news keeps coming back that there's this big old boy that's scared the shit out of the entire armies of Israel. Hmm. And they won't nobody stand up against him. Right? Mm hmm And David's like, oh my God, that's so easy. He's already done the math. He's killed a bear. He's killed a lion. He does his shit from a distance. Kawat. You know, no problem. So, uh, <laughs> he's just like begging his father. He's begging his father. He's like, you're too young. Oh, my son. Plus, you are the anointed of God, which is a whole other story I'll tell another time. But anyways, finally David grabs his father and says, let me show you something. And he brings him into his chambers, which is fairly expansive chambers. These are rich people, okay? These are not poor boys. Right. Just because you're a shepherd don't mean you're poor, okay? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a commodity then. It was a right. big time commodity. Yeah, you, they you were, were rich. a shepherd, you were you were doing good. Yeah, they were rich, they were doing, doing fine. Good. So so he's got a fairly expansive chambers and he's got his little 
drawer hidden, and he pulls a little drawer out and says, Father, and he shows him the bear, and he names the bear. This is Baal team, you know, and I killed him on such and such a date, such and such a way, and throws it off. And then he's got a line hide under that. It says, this is Ishlaf too, and I killed him on such and such a day, and whack, and he starts throwing all these fucking hides out, and he goes, that motherfucker's no different than these goddamn animals. You cannot let me stay here. Father. His father fucking backhanded him. Ba-bam! said, I don't know who you stole these hides from, but you need to get rid of them. And he walked out. Meanwhile, Jesse heard from the Lord that he would never give David permission to go to war. Because he's only like 13 or maybe even 11 or something. You know, he's a kid. So the next day, he had the wagon hooked up. He says, you are to take no weapons. You are to engage in no warfare. You're just simply taking supplies to your brother and alms to the king. And David's like, yabba-dabba-doo. I'm in. <laughs> I can't give you permission, but here's my permission. <laughs> right? So David shows up, you know, to the, to the battle. And he sees this awful, gigantic motherfucker, and it just doesn't even intimidate him. That was the difference between David and everybody else, you know, is that it didn't intimidate him because David was a hunter, you know, a bad to the bone motherfucking hunter. And he had practiced sword play and every other kind of martial art on his own. He had skills. He had skills, you know, and plus he had studied with Jonathan. And Jonathan was there. And uh, so uh, he got there and he was, you know, he's like, here, this portion goes to my brothers, this portion goes to the king. And then he went and, and started asking questions. Uh, what's going to happen for the guy who kills that big, ugly motherfucker? And they're like, well, his family will be exempt from taxes for all eternity. He will get to marry the king's daughter. And uh, la di da di da whatever. And David's like, which? Daughter, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got my eyes on one of them bitches. It's not all of them? I thought that was the theme. Mm -hmm. That was later. <laughs> uh, anyway, Different so, cult, my bad. So the word gets around and David's brother clocks him, man. David's older brother clocks him. He's like, Pow, what are you doing here fucking asking questions, you little fucking bitch? How even dare you? Get on your wagon and go back home. Give me David, my supplies. You know, yeah. And David's just like, you know what? I ain't really talking to you tonight. And uh, and then Jonathan is like, oh, my brother, good to see you. But see, the thing is, Saul, the king, wanted his own son dead. And if he had been able to know that Jonathan and David were in cahoots, then it would have been a death sentence for both of them. So... Jonathan didn't right. come and greet him. He didn't play along. You know, he's playing like he didn't know who this kid was, but he knew damn well what was fixing to go down. And so finally, Jonathan sends men, his own men, so they won't get back to Saul, that he sent them for David. And David is brought before the king, and David's just all fidgety and jittery and like, oh, come on, come on, come on, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go. He's done watch this old fucking giant whip out his dick and piss at him and, 
You know, he walks right up to the battle line and flick a motherfucker on the nose and nobody will even fuck with him. And then he'll walk back down in the valley and laugh his ass off. David's just like, just hankering to kill this son of a bitch, you know. And Saul has already wanted to kill the dude because Saul was the biggest one amongst them. And that's the reason they got him as king. He's a big, dumb motherfucker, right? You know, now they get a big, dumb motherfucker in charge of everything. And, and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch. And you're like, wait, let's send somebody else first. And so they sent somebody else first and got cut into four pieces. Pat, 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 pat. <clears throat> and then, of course, Goliath's like, bah! One thing people don't know about the Nephilim, you want to know about Nephilim, they don't like killing women and children. And they laugh, though, whenever they kill a man. It makes them laugh, and it's very funny to them to see somebody die, you know. Hmm. Uh, so he laughs his ass off, and he kills the first guy, and then he's like, ah, y'all go ahead and send me the next four. I'll kill them all at the same time. So they send the four next best warriors, you know, nameless guys, because they didn't make the books, because <laughs> they didn't make the books. <laughs> they didn't make the books. <laughs> Goliath cuts them all in half with one sling. All four guys just kills them right up. So now they now even Saul's afraid. At first Saul wasn't scared for shit. I don't care if he's four feet taller than me. I'll kill that motherfucker. I done killed a bunch of motherfuckers bigger than me, you know. But now even Saul's afraid. Everybody's afraid except David, which was funny as fuck because he's like this little kid, and they all. I mean, you got to think about it. It had to have been a problem of conscience for them to send that boy down to die at the hands of that big man. But he was so convincing. Because what he was saying is, look, and he brought the same hodge that he showed his dad. And he named him the way he did, you know, with his dad. He's like, this man is nothing to me, nothing except a target that I will kill, you know. And Saul's like, well, if you go, you must go in the armor of the king. Of course, David's like four feet, five feet tall, and Saul's like seven feet fucking tall, you know. And David's like, okay, that sounds like fun, but call my brothers in, would you? <laughs> I need somebody to take a pic. <laughs> I need some evidence. So he dances around in the big armor and knowing that he wasn't going to be able to do the deed, you know, in that armor, finally goes, all right, that's fun. Now I gotta go get a nap, boys. So he goes to sleep and he's laying there and he's snoring like a mofo. And all of a sudden, Jonathan gives him a little, you know, gentle kick. Says, hey, hero, wake up. And he wakes up and he's like, oh, what's, hey, Jonathan, you know, hugs his neck and everything. Jonathan's like, you're awful relaxed for a man that's, you know, going to his doom. <laughs> but he laughs because Jonathan knows the real deal, right? And David's like, all right. He, like, gets all geared up and ready, and Jonathan, you know, gives him the pep talk or whatever. As he's heading on his way out to go kill Goliath, he turns to Jonathan and says, I can ask you, though, man, why didn't you just do it? And Jonathan said, I saved him for you. And then David went down. And he said, what? Say that again. I saved him for you. Jonathan said to David, 
David said to Jonathan, why didn't you just go do it? And Jonathan said, I was saving him for you. And then David's like, ah, cool. And so he goes down to the field, um, and he's not wearing no armor at all, and he's not really making a point of his slaying, and he picks up a couple of three rocks, and, uh, and, and as I already established earlier, the Nephilim do not like killing children, and so Goliath was already put off. That's why he started squealing bloody murder. The Bible says he started squealing, am I a dog? Did you send a child? You know, and it freaked him out. He knew something was wrong. There was some kind of plan or scam or scheme. It was a trick, you know, and he was mad as fuck, but he wasn't mad at David. He was, he was hurting for the poor boy that he felt that he now needed to kill, right? But he fell prey to David's little trick. Now, the Bible says that uh, the Nephilim's armor bearer went before him, you know, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I've heard a lot of different, but what I'm thinking is this. The dude, the armor bearer is the, uh, what do they call him, the squire, right? Mm -hmm. right? Armor bearer, squire, same kind of thing. It's the guy that hooks you up, takes off your stuff, puts your stuff on you. So if the armor bearer is going before him, what does that mean exactly? Here's what I think happened. The way the Bible says it is that David said, you come at me with sword and shield and spear, and I come at you with nothing. He's standing there in a gown, right? And I think what happened was David conned him into taking his armor off. Because sure. he couldn't have nailed him if he was wearing his helmet, right? Mm -hmm. So David sat there and taunted the big man, you know, to take his helmet off him. Which, by the way, that big man may have been no older than David. The Nephilim grew very tall, very fast. He could have been 13, 14 years old himself. Even though the Bible says that Saul said he's been a fighting man from his youth, doesn't mean that's really what was the case. Right. You know what I'm saying? He may have been a little boy who just grew up and they hired him to be a fucking scare tactic. Who knows? Or he might have been, you know, well, we'd have to go back to the part where he chopped down those other guys. Then he would have been a badass warrior. So I got two versions of this story. The one is that he's just a little boy, overgrown, and the other one is he's bad. Either way, it doesn't make any difference. Because David was taking him down, right? And he conned him out of his helmet. And then he came rushing forward, whacked him in the forehead, you know, good aim. He'd been practicing, killed lions and tigers and bears, oh my, oh my. lions and tigers and bears, oh my. You know, and so this dude's wobbling, you know. Can't even, he's so big in his feet, he's done learn how to plant himself so good, he can't even fall down, right? right. So he's like wobbling, and David keeps running and uh, pulls the sword out of Goliath's sheath, jumps up high, which is a move he practiced with the lions and tigers and bears, chopped his head clean off, threw the sword down and caught the head as it was falling and the dead body still standing there and he kicks the body down. Then he turns towards the Philistines, you know, the enemy of the Jews, and it started to go raw and the head was so big it pulled him down and he fell fucking flat on his face, you know.
everybody's like, what the fuck? So he gets back up and he grabs that hand again, you know, with two hands this time. And he goes, rah! And then he turns back to his own people, the Jews, and goes, rah! And then he drops the head and takes off running with Goliath's sword, ten times the size of, size of himself, and wraps them all. And it was a great victory for the people of Yahweh. <laughs> Yahweh. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I, um, I'm not going to pretend to be the continuity director, but I just want to know... Have you approached John Wu about uh, about that depiction? Because that's uh, that was something straight out of Crossing Tiger, Hidden Dragon, man. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Falling ever with the weight of the head in the yeah. head. For real, for real, jumping through the air, flipping around, cutting people's heads off. That's the best part. Cut his head off, grabbed it in midair, kicked the body over, and landed upright like what, bitches? Right. And then fell down. Yeah. And then yeah, fell down. But then, <laughs> once the adrenaline wore off. Oh, no, his adrenaline was still on. He just didn't have his balance right. He, he was trying to threaten the... It's because he, he put the sword down. That's what it was. He, he was trying to threaten the Philistines and went, <laughs> And he's like, all right, that's a two-hander right there. <laughs> Takes two hands to handle the whopper. <laughs> the two-fisted burger of the Philistines. Great. Great. So some other folks that are here. Daniel Mosley, what's up, brother? Uh, Daniel. Cheryl, Christina, Christian, Maggie O'Brien, Caleb. Hey, Maggie and Caleb. Thank you all, all for joining us. We're glad you're here. Y'all are on that camera. Hi. Uh, if the Facebook feed goes dead, by the way, uh, this is going to be on. It's on YouTube Live. That'll last a little bit longer than the Facebook. But uh, when all the camera batteries go dead, we'll switch it over and uh, we'll just let the. Uh, let the iPod roll, or not the iPod, the the microphone roll, and uh, right on. And then we'll post. We post that later. Um, do I the long version, like you that. can take a break and all that good stuff. Once oh, we get cool, to that breaks are good. Yeah. Eventually, I'm going to get around to my Bible erotica stories, uh, including Lot's daughters and uh, Hannah and her. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, let me just interject. <laughs> I'm familiar with some of these stories. I don't think you can call it erotica when it's incest. Like, that's a whole other thing. Well, that's a lot To each their own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Does goodness. Does thou really want to go there? Goodness. So, yeah, there's uh, there, there will be much interpretation over Buzz's version of, of Bible erotica. <laughs> On another episode. Goodness yeah, gracious. on another episode. Another We're not episode. going there today, y'all. Yes. Don't worry. We can go there today? No, we can't. No? No. This no. is like watching drug history, but better. That's what Joyce said. That's what I was trying to say. Is, you know, Please don't try to perceive this as any kind of life lesson. It's more like drug history, but drunk Bible. Woo! Joy said it's better than drunk history. <laughs> That's right. That's great. Speaking of drunk, drunken Bible history. Here, drink this one. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it's only slightly diluted. <laughs> I was doing the victory dance. Leanne, thanks for joining us, Leanne. 
Um, yeah. Hell yeah. So there you go. You had asked me to pull up this list, which I did. And uh, they include, uh, since you mentioned uh, the erotica version, I've been really fascinated in the whole tree of knowledge lately. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge. Oh, it's been yeah. something in the last couple of days mm-hmm. that's come up. And you've got Adam and Eve on this well, list. Well, I have a, an erotica version of that, but that's not the story I prefer to tell. Well, which one do you prefer to tell then? Uh, I prefer to tell the Luciferian version, the one where, well, man, God, there's seven different versions of this I have. Okay, would you rather do a different one, or do you do you want to dive into this one? Because it won't make it, the Facebook Live probably won't hold out that long, but the podcast definitely well, will. Well, most of what I've been talking about has been kind of fun and funny. If I get into that, uh, I'm not sure it'll be funny, so let's do something else. Okay, um, well, I... Don't remember what's funny and what's not. David and Uriah. David and Uriah is kind of funny. Go ahead. Um, Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar is pretty interesting. Keep going. Mm, Saul's coronation. (gasps) Saul's coronation. Okay, go with it. All right, now I got to tell you all that uh, those of you that know the Bible, it's going to be a little more fun for. But I hope it'll be fun for people that don't know the Bible. But what? what's happening here was a huge political upheaval in the Jewish people. This would have been however long after they had come out of Egypt. They had established a priest religion, a priest-based government, right? And the, But they were getting their asses handed to them on a regular basis by their enemies, the Philistines, you know? Yeah. And so... What was happening over the course of what could have been 50 to 100 years was a political revolution which ended with with the priests finally having to hand over control to a king because they were useless at battle and they were the ones in control. It's kind of like that whole thing on 300 where the priest said you can or you can't go to battle or whatever. That was what they were dealing with and they wanted a king that was in control of that shit. They didn't even have a king at all. There was no kingdom, right, before this point. And so they handed that shit over to Saul, who was the biggest, dumbest dude they could find. He was actually a madman. And Saul, uh, Samuel, excuse me, thought he could control Saul, you know, and that would keep the priests in control, et cetera, et cetera. Well... You know, the first thing that happened is that Samuel stood up there and declared to the people, you wicked, awful sons of bitches, you thought you needed a king, even though God was ruling over you. Now you wanted a king. Here's this god-awful, pathetic motherfucker, and he will now be your king, and he will usurp your sons and daughters, and he will tax you till you're blue in the face, and he will abuse you and him and everyone that comes after him because you're a sinful, evil, wicked bunch of motherfuckers. Right? Now, this is in the Bible. By the way. Right? This is in the Bible. You can look it up. We can look it up. We can, I'll give it to you scripture for verse. Now, this part is not. This next part is not in the Bible. This is Saul's speech, which the Bible doesn't tell. So Saul gets up there. He pulls and he's pacing back and forth on the steps of the palace and he pulls out his sword. He starts doing his little 
flingy things, swinging his sword this way and that. He's thinking and he's pacing and he's stomping. And he turns around and he says, the judges have judged that I, that the fact that you wanted a king is wrong and that it is the sin of Israel that I stand here before you. But I ask you, if it is not God's will, then how did he put the crown upon my head? How dare he disobey God? And of course, the crowd bristles and freaks out, and everybody's like, oh, God, what are we going to do now? And Saul's just like, I didn't want this shit. He don't say that, but he's thinking, I didn't want this shit. And this guy's going to humiliate me on my great day. You know, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. And so he said, let me tell you something. He said, the priests have dragged us into defeat after defeat after defeat. You know, they have handed us over for all practical purposes to our enemies. You know, the only reason I'm here is because they couldn't handle it. And I am here, and I can handle it. And he said, well, let me tell you, I will defend us against all enemies, foreign. And then he spins his hand right over to point at the priest and says, or domestic. He raises his sword. He says, go home. Make love to your women. Eat, drink, revel. For tomorrow is to war. That's Saul's coronation speech. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely lighthearted. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In keeping with the theme. Right. <laughs> oh wait, well, let me tell you the next part. What happened next after that was uh Samuel came and confronted him. Samuel the priest. He's like, yeah, that fucking gnarly wizard finger, how dare you? And Saul's like, about to break the finger off, but dude's a little quicker, so he ducks under, and, and Saul is like, and actually, not only did Saul's own men pull him back, but, you know, basically he's got the priest's men and his own men holding him back from just chopping this little priest-ass motherfucker to bits. <laughs> uh, the, uh, for some reason the first image that comes to mind is the, the priests in Egypt selling the uh, the dolls to outweigh the scales I uh, know that story this is a whole different religious thing but it's the same thing priests buying favor and uh, the, the clergy abusing their power how much time do we have? how much time do you want to have? well we said 45 minutes uh, that was like four days ago. The YouTube battery, YouTube is at an hour and 38 minutes. Probably tell us one to close battery. it off, okay? You got probably like three minutes. Three minutes. All right, I'll Before try YouTube to make this three down. minutes. All right, so Saul later on was commanded by Samuel, the priest, to go and kill all the Amalekites, every man, woman, and child, anything that pisses against the wall, plus all the animals, nothing that lived in the land should live, after he's gone. 
Well, Saul, you know, interprets that his own way, and he saves the king of the Amalekites and quite a bit of livestock and a few hot bitches, you know. And, <laughs> because why not? And uh, what happens is, because the Bible actually says that uh, the Amalekites were the most ancient of kings. Now, according to the Bible, they would have been the first that had kingdoms, okay? And Saul was the first king of the Jews, king of the Israelites. And so he was, basically, he saved this king to pick his brain, right. pulled him into his own personal tent, and him and uh, the king of the Amalekites sat and then the king of the Amalekites said, I will tell you everything you want to know, my brother, as long as you will kill me before the priest arrives. And they sat and talked all night. They became friends. They drank. They got drunk. They talked. He told him secrets. He told him about the generations of kings in his own country until the priest arrived. And then Saul, being a fucking seven-foot pussy, could not fucking kill his new friend. So he let uh, Samuel, the priest, cut him up into little pieces. But let me tell you about the death of the king of the Amalekites. Basically, he sat there and saw Samuel was there with the sword. Chastised, the whole business was chastising Saul, you know. And he chopped off the dude's hand. And the dude was like, don't that feel good to you, you oppressive, sorry son of a bitch? He said, haven't we lived amongst you all these years? Your only grudge on us is 123 years ago. Ain't a damn person alive that's done you no harm. Chop it, chop off his other hand. Of course he screams bloody fucking murder. He says, why don't you cut off my cock? Then you'll have one of your own. <laughs> So they do. Famous line. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> good Saw line. that on a t-shirt at the mall. <laughs> really? That's awesome. That's awesome. Say that again. Make sure everybody heard you. Oh, don't worry. We got it. Okay. <laughs> we got it. No, it's, it's being printed on a t-shirt right now. Does it have the Bible verse and everything in it? <laughs> yes. So eventually, uh, you know, they kill him, and that's that. And then Saul is in trouble, and uh, Samuel tells Saul, the kingdom will be ripped out of your hands and given to one better than you, which would have been David, coming down the line later, you know. And uh, Saul fucking jerked him up by the fucking beard, and he's like, shall be this be the day that we both die? And Samuel, also being a pussy, said, not today. So they let him go. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for <laughs> enduring my Bible stories. Uh, Nick had a good comment um, since the we're about to kill YouTube. I'll just kill YouTube real quick. We'll get this out of the way. Uh, so, yeah, truth, love, and peace. Thanks for joining us, YouTube. We'll go back and see how that came up here in just a minute. I didn't even check to see if it was actually on there. Is it over? Can I go uh, smoke a cigarette? Uh, well, first, say hey to Nick, because he had a great comment, and uh, hey, you're Nick. probably going to want to do this. He said, I'd like to hear Buzz's thoughts on the Ten Commandments, one by one. I don't know. How are we got to look it up. I just, we had that conversation. All right, we got to look it up. There you go. I got to find my glasses. I got to look it up. 
And I will have some That's funny. Each and every one of them. We did just have this conversation right before you got here. Did he hear what we said earlier? <coughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. All right, can you tell me what the scripture verse reference is? Um, let me get back to it. It's going to be in Genesis. Or is it Exodus? It's Exodus. Exodus, yeah. There it is! Ha, I'm good. Hey, Kim. Hey, Bobby. Chapter 20. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. My thought on that is that is a tribal thing, which means uh, bros before hoes. Okay, so my... First question on this one, so, so I'm, this should be more interactive, I think. So uh, instead, of, since you're not don't have stories about these the way that you do some of the other uh, Bible verses. No, I'm commenting on very intelligently. Don't yeah, you? yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, but I'm going to chime in. God damn it. <laughs> Please do. So Thank one, God. One of the things that strikes me, one of the things that strikes me about that is the whole um, the we create we created man in our image. And so if we're going to take very seriously and very literally the... the well, that's not right. that. Now know, you're talking about but way then back it's, over But right here. there, it says, you'll have no false gods before me. And so I know that's nitpicking it's, and it's semantical, but no, it, it makes it, a lot it, of it, sense in my mind. It's an that, important question. Yeah. It's and an so important you, question. As someone who studied the Bible in a different capacity than I've studied the Bible, uh, which is not just a little bit for those of you who couldn't tell... Um, how do you resolve that? What does that mean in your head? Like, I don't have a resolution for that. Okay. What I know is that the end... Uh, all right, I'll say this. Um, as far as I can tell from reading the Bible, we are on the seventh day. The Bible never says there was an eighth day, and it never says he created anything after Eve. Okay, that was the last final stroke of creation, and we are still in the seventh day. So God doesn't create anything anymore. Okay, so that's one part of my premise based on what I read in the Bible. Now, what was the question exactly? Uh, how, how do you, you change the we to the me? Yeah, how do you resolve the plurality? I don't have a resolution for that, but I can say there was a very definitive end to the we, and it was very short-lived. So that's significant, but I don't have an, an, an answer for say that. Say that one more time for me. The we stops... At the end of the fucking, at the end of the sixth day, I think. Okay. Hold I get on. that. Uh, I like that point about the uh, the days not being days, and that that we're we haven't reached the eighth day yet, because that falls in line with the with a larger picture in my mind, which is the this this meta history. And so instead of just looking at history through a particular religion, which is what I think. What I think religion really should get credit for is not so much the values or anything that it's per perpetuated. It's the, the accounting of history. Because without the church, right. we wouldn't have tons of our history. Yeah, so right. I think of a lot of this in terms of history. And, but you can, also equate, you can also yeah. equate religion with war. That's the same thing that war has given us. How so? Because they fucking keep records of that shit. Yeah, victors write the right history, that kind of thing. So Yeah, I agree. Know, religion and war are the ones that Write history. And yes, and this, although, can't be verified particularly by, uh, certainly the Old Testament, by uh, extra-biblical accounts, 
it still, I believe, is a is, is a true uh, account of people trying to keep track of their fucking history. However well they've got it together or not, I don't think they because if they were trying to make shit up, they would have left that David Bathsheba shit out, right? Right. <laughs> I, I agree with your sentiment, but I disagree with your point in that uh, a lot of what is going on in the Bible is an accounting of history. The reason for that accounting of history, I think, gets a little messed up. And the reason I say that I believe that is because of all the Gnosticism that gets left out. And so, and that's where I've gotten into the tree of knowledge. Like when you really talk about, when you look into the Bible about what happened with the tree of knowledge and what happened with the tree of life and what happened with Cain is another good story. But there are all these things in Genesis that just kind of get left, that never get revisited, and that raise a lot of historical questions for me. Well, we're still climbing the tree of life. It's just yeah. that those limbs are a little brittle and we fall off every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> but, from a tree of knowledge, but from a tree of knowledge standpoint, there there's lots of questions about what that knowledge is actually about. And when you consider the term knowledge in a biblical context, we all know what to know her means. And and that's not from a that's, philosophy. But you're class. not you're not aware of the fucking translation of the shit. It was in a different language. Well, no, no, Knowledge no. Whoa, is whoa, whoa, one whoa. thing, and to know her is another thing. I am aware of the translation. So and are I you bring trying to tell me that to know her down. is the same word as knowledge? Are you? I'm saying that I want to know what the tree of knowledge has to do with the terminology of Adam knowing Eve again. Those two things can't be coincidental in my mind, and that's why I'm curious about. Things like the plurality of whoever is making these decisions. Well, that's a story because for it's another curious. day. It's curious. A story for another day. Did we not close this thing off already? Lord, no. Red light's still on. No, fuck you, dude. I told you I was done. <laughs> Buzz Gaber's checking out. Done, done. Time for a smoke break. All right, well, we'll turn off the Facebook Live. And, uh, actually, we don't have to. We can just, we can do this. So, Thanks for joining us on Facebook. Truth, love, and peace. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Truth, love, and peace. Apparently, round two is going to be the rest of the Ten Commandments. We'll see y'all later. Woo! So, Facebook Live goes bye-bye. And then, for all y'all on the podcast, thanks for checking it out. Truthloveandpeace.com. You can find it on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. Thanks for joining us. Ladles. <laughs> <laughs>